episode 58 of the App Advice Weekly Podcast. This is your host, Trevor Sheridan of AppAdvice.com, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Brett Nolan of AppAddict.net. Join us this week as we anchor down to join Apple as they start reading magazines in front of the bonfire. How are you doing today, Brett? I'm doing pretty good. I could use one of those bonfires uh, right about now, seeing as we're about to get hit by 10 to 18 inches of snow here in the Northeast. With our next nor'easter, we just had one last week. Why not have one every week? Yeah, every week. That way, it becomes <laughs> routine. Oh yeah, I'm about ready to <laughs> ditch the snow. Come on. So, focus on playing some games while I'm stuck inside, I guess. And you can read some magazines because Apple has acquired Texture, which is the digital magazine subscription service. It's nine ninety nine a month. And it lets you read as many magazines as you can in that period. And they have connections with most of the magazines you can think of. You know, you can read People or National Geographic or Sports Illustrated, no matter your interest. And really, if you go to the newsstand, Texture pretty much has all those covered. Yeah, I mean, I remember trying a free trial of this back quite some time ago. But if you're someone who reads even multiple magazines, they probably have everything you want to read on here for that nine ninety nine a month. It's probably, it'll cost you way less probably in the long run than paying for these individually. It's, and then you'll have more offerings as well. It, it was a really good deal for someone who still reads magazines. And you don't have to get all those pieces of paper. You can read them right on your iOS devices. And so with the acquisition, Apple's going to integrate all of this content into the Apple News app. So essentially, Apple introduced Newsstand with the iPad, and they wanted it to essentially do what Texture came along and established for a subscription service. So now Apple's going to go acquire what Texture's done, integrate it with the original idea of Newsstand, and we'll see how the, if there's any kind of subscription service or apple's going to try to do this for free somehow yeah i don't know i'm wondering if they'll roll it into the other services that they seem to be wanting to try to like combine all this stuff into the subscription service maybe it'll all be rolled into apple music and it'll be like just an apple service that you're paying for and eventually if they do do something tv related it'll all just kind of get rolled under one umbrella kind of like what amazon does and they have their little magazines you get free every month granted their selection's not nearly as high as the texture offerings are but i'm i could foresee something like that where they kind of have this single point of sale and you subscribe to Apple's service offerings. Yeah, that would not be a problem at all, where rather than just Apple Music, you get texture, and then you get those TV shows that Apple's acquiring a bunch of TV show rights and properties, so I'm sure it's just a matter of time until they launch their own service. Yep. And so that's pretty big news, simply because texture has been such kind of a strong part of the App Store. And no financial terms were disclosed, but just Apple bringing it in under their umbrella is definitely good if you own an iOS device. Yeah, yeah, I agreed. And then that means it's time for some apps. And the first one this week is called Anchor, which is interesting for us because we're obviously recording a podcast, and this app is designed to let you record a podcast right on your iOS device. So currently... When we record, I use GarageBand and Skype, 
and I have to pipe through the different feeds to combine it all together and stuff. So this sounded like a really fun alternative. So we tried it out, and the app is designed where you can just initiate a phone call, and your conversation is back and forth recorded just like this podcast. So it was definitely intriguing. The app is free to download, and it doesn't... It's not like it doesn't work, but I don't think it's as easy as it's advertised. And in our attempt to try to do it, the main problem is that you have to be ready to record right the second your phone call initiates. So if you're not, you have all this dead air. And then that can be overcome by being able to edit it. But Anchor doesn't let you edit the actual files that you're recording. So you don't have to record like for an hour straight. You can record five minutes at a time and piece it all together. But you can't edit the individual clips if there's any mistakes or errors along the way. Right, yeah. If you want to edit anything out, you're out of luck. You just kind of have to roll with it and no edits. and Or, like you said, chunk it together. Okay, that piece was good. Let's hang up. Let's start again. Let's save that one off. But there's it seems like it's more work than it's worth. Maybe if you're someone that is just kind of stream of consciousness, just saying whatever it is, that's going to go right out. Let's get this out. And you don't want to spend any time editing. I could foresee this being an easy way to do that. But even the, the sound quality wasn't great for this. It, even It's supposed to be great because you're using your phone and that's got a fantastic microphone built right in but we actually had some issues where i was trying to i tried once where i used the microphone built right into the phone so i basically just talked in the phone like i was making a phone call and that really didn't work but i used my airpods and that sounded much better but even trevor on the other side sounded kind of tinny to me not like when we normally record and we have our good mics and and do that i guess if you just want to experiment and try putting up your own podcast it's not going to sound the greatest but i guess it's fairly simple if you don't want to do editing yeah so i think it works if you do a solo talk show where you're kind of in that use formula of i know what i'm going to talk about i can just go and riff for a while but when you start doing the call thing it's not going to sound as well on your device as it would using an actual kind of deluxe $100 microphone. No matter the microphone Apple does include on the phone, just because there's the phone call connection problems, you know, rather than that direct link into recording. So you have that kind of mistake, though the AirPods definitely sounded better than just holding your phone up and doing a call. But then the interface also, so it doesn't sound as well. And then the interface, they give you features like you can include Apple Music or Spotify tracks, which... I wouldn't do it because there's whole licensing problems, but you can include them. And then there's kind of sound effect transitions you can add, but it's a little tedious to get them into place. All these kind of extras you try to add to the episode, it's really tough to put them exactly where you want to. So you really need to kind of be fully prepared before you press that record button and try to do it just by yourself. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how all that Spotify and Apple Music stuff works. I'm guessing they must have licenses to do it because it says you'll be able to hear the full songs only when you're listening through Anchor. So if you're listening to the podcast through the app itself somehow, you'll hear the full-length songs, but I'm guessing it won't let you put out those full-length songs when however you include them. I didn't I didn't try that part. Yeah, so 
I don't know if you're going to use Anchor. You probably already have a podcast app that you use to listen to, so I don't know if you're going to use Anchor. But if it's made with Anchor, you get special features if you listen to playback through Anchor, and it has analytics and all kinds of stuff, but it's more of a stumbling block if it tries to send it out to iTunes or another hosting service for podcasts. Yep. And so that's Anchor. It is a choice. It's free. There's actually not any in-app purchases, so you can completely try it, see if it's right for you. And then that means it's time for some new games. And the first one this week is The Bonfire Forsaken Lands. And the game is a survival adventure where you're in kind of this snow-covered landscape where you start with a single kind of bonfire and then you need to create a house. And then other potential kind of stranded people will come and become villagers. And then you'll need to build a farmland. And then you'll need to chop down wood. And then each kind of resource that you gather during the day is going to help you expand. So then you can build a coal mine or ship docks. And you get these new materials, iron mine. And then those can build even better things. And then that includes also tools for your villagers so they can access more materials. And probably the biggest challenge in the game is that that's all well and good. You know, you grab resources, you build new stuff during the day, but then every night, monsters will come. At the start, it's wolves. But then as you go, it's going to be these big, huge, like, spider things. Or these really kind of fast-moving, almost werewolf type of creatures. And you need to battle them back however you can. So you start out with wooden spears, and then you can build more advanced things like pickaxes or regular axes to help fight back these different creatures because you have this one main character. If he dies, it's game over. You can lose other villagers. Obviously, you don't want to because then that's going to put you behind the eight ball the next day. But if you do lose that main character, it's game over. And the game has an optional system where you can either continue, say you made it to day 10. You can continue at the start of day 10 before you died or there's a permadeath option, so you have to restart from the very beginning. But the game lets you play either way. Yeah, I chose the non-permadeath <laughs> when I played. But I actually had one of those giant spiders on day two. He popped oh. out and I'm like, what the heck? Uh, but yeah, so it's all about managing not only the resources, but managing these villagers that wander into your your settlement and you hire them and take them on. It tells you certain aspects about them, whether they're strong, they're brave, they're wise. And then you kind of decide how you want to use them. So you give them a job and certain jobs require them to have certain equipment. So once you assign them to a job, you can reassign them at any time. So you need to make sure you balance the people going to collect wood, the people collecting food. And then as you gather those resources, you can start to build those other locations like the coal mine or the iron mine that allow you to collect other things as well. But you also need to make sure that you have people on guard duty. And those are the ones that will stay up at night and then fight off these things when they show up. I found that if I had three to four guards, you can pretty much survive anything and you just uh, slowly over time you improve their equipment and you give them armor and shields to help protect them but if one dies then you just reassign someone else or wait till someone brave wanders in and assign another person so it's just constantly kind of shifting around the jobs and making sure you have enough people doing 
certain jobs in order to meet those resource requirements to do the next item to build or maybe to craft some additional items that you can equip your existing people by give them carts so now when they go out and gather wood they collect five pieces of wood instead of just one at a time so it's just constantly upgrading managing moving things around to make it through each day and eventually you kind of get a good engine going and you can kind of coast through day after day after day and eventually, like I hit day 20, and at this point I built everything I'm allowed to build, and I can craft all kinds of stuff. I have all kinds of extra resources. You can send out scouts to kind of go look for other things, and they'll come back and tell you there's a cave that you should explore. Well, you can go into this cave, but you need to take these certain people which are called warriors with you the more you take the better because you go in and you either have to face multiple of these wolves or uh giant spiders or these other weird humpback things uh you might have to face multiple at the same time so if you go in there with just a single warrior you're gonna lose and then odds are you have to restart the entire day again because those usually happen at nighttime when you do these these cave explorations and so you have to make it through like five screens on those where you'll collect like a bag or fight something or eventually make it to the end. And I'm at kind of the point where I don't know what else I can do at day 20 because there's nothing else I can build. I have all these resources, but nothing's really happening. And so I'm a little confused of where how to get the story to progress at the point that I'm at. I definitely can see that i've only made it to like day 15 so i haven't reached that final stumbling block for me the only kind of hiccup is that the game feels more like a job or a chore that you're going to do rather than a game i found myself not having as much fun as i initially intended or that i've had in other type of games in this series like a Crashlands or don't starve or or not this series but this genre and so that was kind of a bit of a stumbling block and then also, there's the the part you didn't include was the whole tired aspect where each person's going to become exhausted. So you want to have as many workers kind of go into the Iron Man or Iron Mine or the wood forest to get more wood, but also you need to kind of have guys potentially be guards. So they need to have time to sleep. So they need to sleep during the day. So you have that kind of balancing act to have guards available for night while still trying to get as much work done to be able to advance as far as possible in terms of crafting and developing. Yeah, so I never ran into that problem only because I kind of kept the guards as guards and never reassigned them. They they just slept during the day and they were awake, ready to go at night. So I kind of just had my day shift and my night shift. all that work in. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't bother because once you have enough people, so as you build more huts, then you can take on more of these people that happen to wander into your village and take them on and give them jobs. And so really I got to the point where everything was done and it just kind of ran itself. So I did at first, I really got into it and hour, hours went by and I was still playing and I was surprised I was still playing because yeah, at times it does feel kind of like work, but it also felt like a puzzle to me. Like what combination of things do I need to get to get this engine going and but then once I had the engine going it kind of got a little boring to me the other thing I, I kind of found frustrating with the game is you have all these items you can craft and each of these people they have something that can hold in their left hand something that can hold in the right hand then they also have 
like a, a shield and armor. Well, you don't know what they can hold. So you can craft things, but you won't know that it, it can go into someone's hand in that certain job role until you try to put it in their hand. I wish there was a way that I could get a description of either what each job person can hold, and if they don't want to reveal because you haven't unlocked being able to craft certain items yet, I understand that, but at least tell me once I craft an item or before I craft an item would be better, who can hold this thing? Give me the roles that I currently have unlocked of who can use this thing so I know if I even want to bother to craft this thing and not waste my resources crafting something that no one can actually use. And I just I felt like that was a big deficiency in the game where they didn't give you any kind of idea of what these things did. Here's a sickle. Well, what can you do with a sickle? Well, I guess you can use it as a guard to fight things off and you can use it as a farmer. But I don't necessarily know. I don't. I still don't know what uh, the the people that raise the sheep what they can even hold in their hands. They have hands, but nothing. Maybe they're not allowed to hold anything. Maybe that's just in case they switch jobs. But a little more information about those that aspect of the game would be helpful, just so that you're not kind of chasing the wrong things as you're crafting. And also, since the game goes for that kind of minimalistic aesthetic that there's part of the reason why it doesn't offer those details but also even though it's so minimalistic i found there's still quite a few taps on the screen to navigate everything even though they have this whole minimalistic idea just i think it's more you know the game is designed where it's super planned out so you're not switching things kind of on call and with action kind of sequences but still it takes a long time to get anywhere to move people around yeah, well, especially your main dude. He takes forever to walk, and especially once he starts to get tired. He never really seems to sleep, but he does know, seem to weird. get tired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, like he should have to sleep at some point, but yeah, he just seems to get tired, and then all of a sudden when morning comes, he's ready to go again. I don't know. He's found a store of caffeine or something. I don't know, but he's he's good to go, and him i found annoying especially if you send him to from one side all the way to the other side like on the left side is where you're collecting wood all the way on the right side where you're collecting iron well if you switch him like you realize oh i'm kind of low on iron maybe tonight while he's awake anyways i'll just have him collect some iron well he's gonna walk all the way to the other side of the map and it takes him a while to get over there fortunately the store for him to store the iron he's collected is close to the iron mine which that was at least nice but the or say the 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 guards kill a beast and he has to go skin this beast but he's collecting wood now he's going to walk all the way over to the other side of the screen to go and skin this beast and some of his movement are just kind of painfully slow yep definitely agree on that but really this is a definite standout for the week it's didn't have like the biggest kind of promising pre-order setup or it doesn't come from a big established developer but it nails what you kind of want with that survival adventure game that really emphasizes resource management and crafting if you are into that type of game you'll definitely be at home with the bonfire yeah yeah i i mean i nitpicked on some things but i still am enjoying it i just wish i knew what to do next yeah and so that's the bonfire forsaken lands it's 399 it's universal and then there's read only memories type m and so this game is a 
puzzle adventure that is really ha- emphasis on narrative. It's set in 2064 in Neo San Francisco, where it's a whole futuristic world. There's all kinds of kind of neolution ideas where you are adjusting body type and body parts and forced evolution through advanced tech. And then there's also an attempt to try and create artificial intelligence for various creatures. And so the entire game is six chapters, but there's a prologue. The prologue is included for free. And then if you want to, you enjoy what you have, they, it's going to be five ninety nine. So six bucks for six chapters, a dollar a chapter, if you get into the game. So you kind of have that mindset going in. Do I really like this prologue? And with the game, you realize that the game really emphasizes narration and story. And there's a lot of text to go through. It's lighter, at least in the prologue on the actual puzzle aspects of the puzzle adventure where it's pretty straightforward. You can just drag your finger around the screen to investigate the given room and find every single hot point that you can possibly find and interact with them. So there's not that emphasis on puzzle aspect. It's more story driven, at least at the outset. Yeah. So this feels like more of an old school uh, point and click adventure style game, but it is immediately obvious that this came from the pc and not in a good way because like you said with the dragging around your finger to find all the hot points you are dragging like a mouse around and your finger is the mouse and you have to drag around if you want to find anything you can interact with which normally i i would give that a pass i would like to see some way where you just held your finger on the screen and kind of showed you those for like a touch-based game But the biggest problem I have with this is they use the smallest portion of the screen that they possibly can, where they could have made this much bigger on the screen. Everything is so tiny, even like on an iPad. I couldn't imagine playing this on a phone and having to drag around and see this tiny little cursor and see that something's highlighted where odds are your finger is going to be on top of it that you can't even tell what you're on top of. And I think that's with the as far as like the. The text goes, there was a lot of text, and I don't know if it's just because in this prologue they don't have the voiceover stuff. They that's all behind the paywall. You have to unlock the entire game to get all to hear the voice work and all that. So I don't know what that sounds like, but I'm hoping that maybe the tedium of going through all this text is kind of offset a little bit because of good voice work. But again, I don't know because they didn't include any of the voice stuff, not even a sample of it in the prologue, which I wish they would have done. So to me, I didn't really I love point and click adventures, but I don't know. I just couldn't get into this game. I just felt like there were a lot of things working against it right from the start. And it it didn't really drive me to say i want to play more i i really want to learn more about this world i really want to dig into it it felt more tedious than fun yeah i felt the same exact way that it just had that disconnect of getting into the world i don't know if the voice work changes that and i thought the voice work was exclusively just on other platforms i didn't even think it came to ios yeah i thought it was in the description i thought it said that it i thought it I'm fairly certain it said somewhere I read that that it said that was coming once you get into the paid section, but I could be wrong. Maybe there's none. If there's none, then 
yeah, I won't even go for this, but I'm hoping that there's some. I thought it was. I thought it's it wasn't just, until you paid in the for game it. itself. Once you complete the prologue, it said that you can check out all the voice work in the on the PS4 or Steam or Xbox. Ah, uh, okay. So I don't okay. know what yeah. the description says. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm looking at the description right now. I don't see it. So maybe there, it's not even in the the iOS version, which would be a real disappointment because. It is slow paced going through all of this text and you can I think your decisions that you make kind of do affect the storyline. So you can get out of these trees by making certain decisions that will just end the conversation right there. But there was still a lot of depth like levels that you had to go through in these conversations to just try to go through them. And it was some of them you couldn't even skip like tap to get all the text on the screen at once you had to wait for it to slowly be typed out other times you could tap on the screen and everything would just appear then you could read it at a normal speed and i don't know it to me i I thought looking at it it had promise just from the description and the look of it i thought this is going to feel like a classic point and click adventure game but it really let me down yeah and just to further your point about how much it feels like a port not only are you dragging the mouse around, but it seems like they just didn't even care that they were making the game for iOS. And they're like, let's make the quick and easiest port we can and see if anybody ends up buying the game. Just how small the main screen is, you know, beyond the text, you actually have that room that you have to investigate. And it takes up like a quarter of the iPad screen or something. It's an insane. It's not even half the screen. It's amazing <laughs> how much they reduce it. And that goes to the point where... In the second portion, there's something specifically you have to find, and I had a tough time actually getting the pointer to it to actually advance the storyline. I thought I was missing something. I was like, I think I checked everything, and it's just because it was such a small, tappable point in that small, tappable screen. Yeah, because literally the the little thing you're dragging around is this tiny little cross that is probably no bigger than like maybe like the tip of a pencil, or maybe a little bit bigger than that. But you really have to, and everything's all this like 16-bit art. So it's not the most high-definition art. Like maybe if like everything was super high def and you could really make out exactly what everything is in the room. But other things, you're just trying to figure out what it even is. So you're just trying to tap on things. Some of them interact, some of them don't. And you don't necessarily know exactly what you need to do they do kind of give you some hints in the text but then you're getting so sick of reading text that you're like i just want to get through this text that you might miss something because you're just tapping you're trying to get through it i don't i it was i don't know maybe it's better on the on a pc or a console for me i don't know it just wasn't there for me it's definitely a disappointment on ios and it's read only memories type m it's free to download, so you can give it a try. And then if you do like it, it's going to be 6 bucks. And then there's Wormster Dash, which is a really interesting game just because it instantly draws you to it with this beautiful hand-drawn art style. Everything's in black and white, and yet there's so much detail to the world. It kind of is reminiscent of Hidden Folks, just with a lot even more detail in the designs of every single aspect of the environment and you get to play as this guy you can pick the guy the woman the dog or the cat and then you run along and there's this gigantic worm that's eating the entire world behind you and 
it at first glance it looks like an endless runner game but it turns out that it's actually more of an action platformer where every time you lose you're starting back at the very same beginning and you start to learn the sequence of the actual world you know there's some forking pathways but you understand the main kind of progression and it just comes down to pulling off every single action sequence that's needed and it's interesting because it reminds me of Cuphead's in terms of the art design but then they go with a completely different kind of game style yeah that awesome like black and white animated old school feels like an old cartoon that you get to control it it's immediately draws you in and it, it cuphead is what i immediately thought of when i saw it and i'm sure this was in development or at the same time as cuphead although cuphead's been in development for a long time but yeah originally you you would immediately look at this and think oh this is an endless runner especially with the name wormster dash and then as you start to play it, it kind of reminded me of when I first started playing Dragon Slayer, where you kind of learn these sequences and it is tough as nails because one die, one death and you start all over from the beginning. So now you're slowly making it further and further each time as you memorize kind of these actions you need to perform where Dragon Slayer is just like a move left, move right. It's not really uh like action quick action kind of things where this is more like that platformer where you're running and you're jumping and you have to you have two different types of jump you have a short jump and a and a large jump and then you also have this punch where you can punch certain objects and as you're going you kind of learn okay this sequence if i go the high road then i do a big jump and then a low jump then i'll avoid those blades but if i did a high jump i jump right into those blades so let me go back and now this time i'll just do the low jump and not jump into the blades so you just slowly learn oh as you repeat this thing over and over again which at first you don't mind that because you're seeing all this beautiful animation and you love the characters and the thing once you start getting to maybe your 50th time going through and now you've made it to like a thousand on the distance meter I kind of wish there was checkpoints. I, I really don't want to replay that first thousand miles or whatever the unit is all over again. I, I understand where they're going. They're trying to create like this classic old school, unforgivable type of game. But give me maybe the option of having a little checkpoints. I mean, you don't have to, you can put them pretty far apart, but at least so that I'm not having to start all the way over. And then, because eventually it will get, the frustration will be there that you just don't even want to try again. And I think that's, that was disappointing because I really do want to see more of this thing, but I don't want to have to replay through a thousand units of this thing first. Yeah. That's the main limitation because it's so well done and you just want to keep playing it. But at the same time, you don't want to keep playing that same intro sequence over and over again. Cause you might, you know, press the single jump rather than the or the short jump rather than the long jump by accident or you realize that you just missed out on you know one type of jump and you're like oh I could have made it so much further but once you get to that really tough sequence that's giving you trouble and you just died on it and now you go and you finally made it back there and then you die right away again and it's like man now I have to go and do that whole sequence again and I think it's because I heard that the entire playthrough takes about 10 minutes or four minutes not 10 minutes and so if you actually perfect the run it's going to only take you four minutes 
to kind of four to ten minute range to make it through the entire sequence. So if you had those checkpoints, the kind entire game is going to be done relatively quick. So they want to drag that out. But just to try to perfect that long run, I think is a real hesitation to a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. If it's relatively short, which the amount of animation that had to have gone into this is insane. So I understand where this may not be the longest game because of that. But it is exactly what you said. You make it this far and now you're in this area that you haven't done before and you really don't have the freedom to experiment and try to figure it out because you know that you're going to have this whole super long sequence you have to do all over again if you mess it up. And odds are you're going to mess it up and mess it up pretty quickly. And so I don't know, maybe give like a, if you've done it X number of attempts, give me a checkpoint. Like if you tried something certain number of times, then give the person a checkpoint and, or allow some way of getting a checkpoint just in case, if you just want to finish it or have achievements for someone doing it all in one run and that way that's a something to reward someone who can do it all in one run but some means for if you've done enough attempts give me a little bit of a break yeah and so even you know a high score table that's tiered based on how long you last that would change it yes yeah yeah and did you see those kind of like fast forward balloons i tried yeah, to I jump into them are. or hit them or something and those would activate checkpoints but when you do that you just end up landing in a buzzsaw so i finally I gave was, up yeah i was hoping that was something <laughs> i tried tapping them i tried i didn't know what to do i was hoping those would be checkpoints but there are only a few of them near the beginning and then i didn't notice anymore yeah i was but i was hoping it was something that would jump me to like the last place i died or something yeah and so that's wormster dash it's really well done. It's a beautiful game, but if you don't kind of pull off that long run, I don't know how many times you're just going to keep grinding away to try to pull it off. Yeah, if you're someone who gets frustrated by those type of games, I think you're really going to like it at first, but you're going to get frustrated quickly. Yep, so that's Wormster Dash. It's $1.99 and it's universal. And so to round out the week, there's three smaller games that we wanted to discuss. The first is Drop the Clock which is a quick action game where all you do is tap the screen to slow down time. And so the clock is dropping, it needs to bounce around, and there's an obstacle so or obstacle series or series of obstacles, and you need to slow down your clock so it doesn't hit the obstacles. And so you just tap and hold to kind of change the pacing of the clock. And that's the entirety of the game. It's a level-based system where each level is going to take a couple seconds, even if you slow down time, to get the clock through to the exit yeah so i mean it's, it's kind of easy to figure out how much time you need to spend to to hold the clock in order for him to go out the exit in the time the only issue i ever had like not getting three stars every time i might have just missed it by like a hair of a second and you know the the drive to replay the level to get three stars was just not there i'm like good enough move on and i kept on hoping it would get better and nothing got better yeah you keep like okay i'm not giving this game enough credit i'll keep playing and you just keep going and it never does anything to make it challenging or make it interesting so you're just kind of boring going through the motions of dropping the clock yep and so that's Drop the Clock. It's free and it's universal. 
And then next up is a game called Crano, which is spelled K-R-A-I-N-O. And this one looked like it had so much potential. It looked like an NES-era platformer, kind of like Ghosts and Goblins. And you play as like this skeleton who's wearing a top hat, and you're going along fighting skulls and avoiding traps and things. But the biggest issue with the game was it was just so easy to make it through all the levels and then make it to or all the screens and then make it to the boss battle. And even the boss battle was fairly easy. So it had all this potential, but never actually had better level design or any kind of challenge to it. It just was really, really easy to play through. And that seems to be a trend. I didn't even give this one a try once you told me (laughs) that it wasn't worth the time. Yep. It does look really good just from the video. It's like, oh, man, this looks like a game I used to play. But to take away all the challenge, because that's kind of what those games from the past are known for. So to take that away, it doesn't have much. And they did a great job with the controls. They worked really well, too. It's just there's no real difficulty there. Yep. So that's Crano, and it's also free. It's universal. And then rounding it out is Monster Merge. It comes from Umbrella Games, who've made some really good kind of quick action style and so this game, it looks really cute. It has this kind of familiar design idea. And the the goal is to drag monsters together to evolve them to make more complex monsters and then make sure that those monsters are kind of working on this center tree or chest. And that helps earn credits. And then it turns actually, it's a clicker game and the matching portion doesn't really do much. So really there's this fast forward button that fast forwards how much you earn credits and the more evolved your monster is the more credits it earns and it becomes so boring so quick where you have these monster matches and once you make a match then your monster doesn't do anything so say you tell it to work once you make the match it goes to sleep i have no idea why but it becomes even more tedious where you're making these more you know there's more different monsters on the screen and you're kind of activating them and then by making a match it actually just slows everything down because then your earnings drop and with clicker games they've advanced to a point where there's a lot more kind of expectation of intrigue or purpose to keep going forward so when you go back and you have like a 2014 clicker they really stand out as really bad and poor efforts yeah, this one I didn't even bother to try. I'm so done with clickers at this point. But I so I'm curious. Like once you fill up the screen with like you've made all the matches you can, can you you just gotta wait it out until the chest is like opened or something? No, you I'm you'll confused. never fill the screen because you add tiles once you evolve your monsters to a certain level. So you keep expanding out the board. It's never oh, like okay, a 2048 okay. or threes or something where you've run out of potential moves. See, that's what I thought it was. Yeah, when, I when did I too. It, I, <laughs> I thought it was a puzzle game. I didn't. It seems kind of dumb and pointless. Yeah. So they take away all the kind of puzzle mechanic ideas to it, and it's just a clicker with a cute face. Yeah. Okay. So that's Monster Merge. It's free, it's universal, and I think that's everything for episode 58. Yeah, that's all I got. Brett, thanks for joining me. Oh, yeah. Pleasure as always. To everyone listening, we hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next time. Talk to you later.